0: what is up everybody coming to you live from my brother's apartment common room conference room Ooh, i made that work welcome to the champions only version of the podcast yeah oh yeah oh yeah champions only baby come on now i had to do it to him listen Y'all are probably wondering like why the quality is so bad and there definitely deserves a fair explanation. Um, I'll just say this, uh, COVID has not been kind to my family the last week or so. And so a lot of positive tests, some uh, quarantining involved, that type of thing. So it's involved me having to relocate. Uh, It's a good story, but one that I'm probably not willing to tell right now at least um and I will make a whole thing on it trust it'll happen it'll happen at some point but covid has uh has been tricky it's been a tricky situation to navigate so we have to make do with what we have um but I'm in this common like this conference room uh of this of, at this apartment uh you know still in the bay still in the bay you can't leave the bay but uh we're we're making do so excuse the shitty lighting and the laptop setup but we got to take it back to the old days sometimes right you got to have some of that old charm um and i just figured it would be really important to record a podcast particularly this weekend because the golden state warriors just won the nba championship they're fourth in eight years they are if not if you did not believe that they were a dynasty you know Two years ago, you should sure as hell believe that they're a dynasty now. And the thing is, they have the potential to continue winning championships, which is even fucking scarier for the rest of the league. But for Warriors fans, let's fucking go. That's right. You see the shirt I'm wearing? In step, we trust. That's right. That is right. But let's get right into this, right? Dubs won. Okay. That's the fact. They won four games to two. Uh, For those of you, if you weren't paying attention on Thursday night, the Warriors won in six games at the TD Garden in Boston. Um, And it was uh, a 13 point victory, but I want to give you, as I do on TikTok, my three takeaways from the Warriors win from game six. So let's get right into it. Uh, And let's do a little game analysis before we get into the other things I'm going to talk about. So number one, Okay, I think the number one takeaway that I I took from this game, and I think a, a, a few others uh, have commented on as well, is Draymond Green. Draymond Green was someone that Warriors fans were coming for. We wanted him to just be like eradicated off the surface of the earth after Game Four, right? Like people were like, "This guy is not playing up to par. What is he doing? Is he the worst member of the trio? Should we cut him? Should we trade him?" I saw some pretty absurdist reactions when it came to Draymond Green. And listen, it was for fair reason. This was probably one of the worst playoff series that he had ever played. He was not performing up to the level on the defensive end of the floor. I thought he was, I thought he would play well um, in spurts, but not consistently. There was a, particularly on the offensive end of the floor, he was putrid. He was basically a non-factor, so much so to the point the Celtics began focusing on other Warriors targets. Uh, In order and basically just left Draymond wide open with warm up shots that he was bricking. So Draymond Green was basically a non factor uh, for the first four games of the series. And then game five and game six came on and this man stepped the fuck up like you need him to like you need a championship core to. You know, it's Steph, Clay, and Dre at the end of the day. He's a key part to this trio, and he did his thing. On the defensive end of the floor, he was guarding the big men. He had Al Horford locked. He had whatever guy that they would switch onto him locked down. Draymond Green is a former defensive player of the year for a reason, so <laughs> there's clearly a reason why uh, he won that award and he showed it off. In in this last game, uh, he almost had a triple double and on, he almost had a triple double in that like on the offensive end of the floor. He was phenomenal. He was scoring on all ends. He was scoring at the ba- at the basket. He was hitting perimeter jump shots. He was hitting middies like everything that you could expect from Draymond Green. You got in this last game. And that is truly what made this like kind of the icing on top of the cake in for lack of a better analogy uh, for the Warriors to win this game. Frankly, Draymond Green was a huge part of this Game 6 victory. Of course, I would be ridiculous to not acknowledge the fact that there are other players that were involved. And Draymond Green, despite being a huge part, was not the reason we won this NBA Finals. You know who the reason was? You know who the reason was? How? This guy. Steph, who's takeaway number two, Stephen Curry. Listen, would we even be in this situation if it weren't for Steph? No, they would, quite frankly, would not be in this situation if it weren't for Steph. I, it's quite ridiculous to even think that we're in any situation uh, relating to the playoffs without Wardell, Stephen Curry, the second. And the way that he played this entire series, besides game five, he was off in game five. He obviously didn't score three, and every analyst in the fucking country decided to jump down its throat for that. But for five out of the six games of this NBA Finals, Steph Curry played phenomenal basketball. Steph Curry kept his team in it when nobody thought that the Golden State Warriors even stood a shot down 2-1. Steph Curry kept his team in it. When they were down in game four, when they were down in games that they were supposed to quote unquote win, Steph Curry carried this team to win. Steph Curry held this team up in losses. He was phenomenal. And it is amazing that people in the national media, and I'm going to talk about it later, people in the national media and people just all around the NBA, basketball fans in general, the, the, the utter disrespect and the utter crass behavior that they show about Steph they're fucking stupid. Like at this point, you have absolutely nothing. Uh, If you disrespect Steph Curry at this point, I have no respect for you. you. I have no fucking human empathy for you because you are just stupid. You are frankly dumb and you just aren't seeing what other people are seeing because this guy throughout the playoffs and in the NBA finals took this team that without him would probably have lost in the first round, if not even have made the playoffs. He took this team to a championship. Okay. So the second takeaway from game six is Steph Curry. The fact this man had 34 points. He was involved on the boards. He was involved by assisting through the offense. Even when he wasn't scoring, he was involved by assisting in buckets. Like Steph Curry is, I'm ready to say right now, Steph Curry's the greatest point guard that ever lived. Fuck Magic Johnson. Steph Curry's number one. (laughs) I, I, Magic's great, listen, and I didn't grow up in the era of watching Magic Johnson and the Showtime Lakers. I'm not someone who can comment on, you know, I'm not a Lakers historian by any means or an NBA historian. But Stephen Curry has done things in this game that Magic Johnson couldn't dream of doing. Even though Magic Johnson is so tremendously accomplished, and, we, and I'm sure people in the 80s and 90s never thought they would see another point guard like him. Steph Curry is magic. <laughs> Steph Curry is magic probably better. Um, and, and I know it's difficult to compare eras, but I, I will come out and say that if you can break a game like the way that Steph has broken basketball, then hundred percent you deserve to be considered in the upper echelon of players when it comes to, uh, when it comes to your respective sport, because Steph Curry has broken the game and Steph Curry has won a championship four times, something that not a lot of other people could do. So he's my second takeaway from game six. My third takeaway from game six is I just want to say real quick before we get into everything else. Thank you guys. Uh, I've done all the takeaways and stuff. Um, throughout the playoffs and for the Niners and now for the Warriors. This is like my first entire sports seasons season. Sorry. Um, and so I just want to say thank you because there's a lot of people out there that have tuned in that have provided me their opinion on the games. And, you know, although I can come on strong and give dumb opinions at times, uh, people have stuck with me. So thank you guys for listening in. Thank you guys for tapping into the content. Uh appreciate it. If you guys like this type of content, if you guys like me covering sports, feel free to hit a like button down below. If you're on YouTube, hit, hit the subscribe button as well. If you're on Spotify, feel free to hit the follow button. You know what to do. But anyway, I just want to say thank you real quick. But the Dubs won. 4-2. to two. And my two takeaways. Steph and Draymond. Of course, everybody, including myself, expected Klay Thompson to come out and have a phenomenal Game 6 right? Game six, Clay, the legend is formed, kill a Clay, all of these things. Man was five for 20, not great. 17 points, you know, for Clay Thompson, game six standards, it was mediocre. I didn't think Clay had a particularly good series. I thought Boston did a pretty good job of taking him out uh, defensively. He wasn't really a big factor in this particular series, um, but that kind of happens with every series of the, the, in in the playoffs, I would say. because. The way it works is in the NBA playoffs, it tends to be a lot of uh, individual people shine in every series, depending on the defensive matchup, right? Obviously, if you're a superstar, you just tend to shine in general, right? If you're Steph Curry, you tend to just shine when the lights are the brightest, when you're facing the toughest opponents, no matter what the defensive matchup gives you. But when it comes to other guys, when it comes to the stars, the all-stars, whatever level of echelon of player, you kind of just... Tend to do well within the particular matchup that you're in in the playoffs, and I think uh, Clay was uh, Clay played really well in the Mavericks series, where he was given more spacing and given more time, and the Mavericks didn't really focus as much defensive attention on him. But the Celtics have one of the top defenses in the league, and it showed in the way that they defended Clay Thompson. Obviously, they didn't win the series, but it showed in the way they defended Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson wasn't a factor in the series, not in Game Six, not in any of the other prior games as well. Uh, comparatively to what Clay can be, he was not the large factor. But okay, those were the factors of the game. Let's talk about where they won for a second, right? Because I think this is even more important than anything else. Where the Golden State Warriors won this game is pretty freaking crazy because this was a team for so long. I, I started rooting for this team about 2010, and 2009, 2010. When Steph Curry was like in his first, second year of the league, and this team was a fucking joke. Uh, they were like the Oakland A's of basketball at that time. Like nobody cared about them. They had a couple legends in the past in the 90s, but other than that, they were, you know, a team that would make the playoffs once every 15 years, maybe make some noise like they did with the We Believe team that's, you know, turned into lore. Uh, but other than that, they were just kind of a mediocre basketball team. They weren't great. And when I was a fan of theirs in 2009, 2010, like it would be amazing if we were to beat, you know, like a mid-level basketball team at that point, right? Like the, like the New York Knicks, if we were to beat the New York Knicks once in, in a season, it would, be, it would be like a phenomenal victory uh, in the regular season. Um, but <laughs> the fact is where we won was we, won on, we, we We beat Boston, right, in Boston at TD Garden. And TD Garden, for those of you that don't know, is one of the most iconic stages in all of sports. When you think of amazing arenas in sports, you think of Madison Square Garden, you think of TD Garden, you think of Fenway Park for baseball. For, for football, you think of Lambeau Field, Gillette Stadium, I would even put into that regard. You think of these, you know, state or like, Candlestick Park. You think of these old stadiums that were there at the originations of the game, where there's a lot of history, where moments are made, where iconic things happen. That's what you think of when you think of these iconic venues in sports. And I never could ever imagine in my early childhood that Bay Area sports teams would be on the front precipices of these iconic games, right? I never thought we would be in a a fucking Super Bowl. I never thought, uh, for the Niners when I was like eight, nine years old, I never thought the Warriors would be in an NBA Finals where everybody's eyes would be fixated on the TV screen as they were scoring buckets at, you know, wherever it was, Miami uh, was big early part of the 2010s, all that stuff. I never thought a dynasty could fucking happen in the Bay, but it did. It did. And the fact that we won on TD Garden floor, on TD Gardens floor, which has had some of the most legendary basketball teams in all of time, right? The 1985 Celtics, the 80s Celtics, who were just a legendary dynasty with Bird, and McHale, and Parrish, and all of that. Bill Russell, who won 11 championships, just the amazing feats the 2008 Celtics, just the amazing feats that have been accomplished by this team. They've won so many championships on that floor. And <laughs> the Warriors, you know, this upst- this team from the Bay Area, which is like, you know, known as this kind of newer age place, right? When you think of the Bay, you don't necessarily think of like old tiny history. You don't think of... Um, like, oh, like, we're, we're old and established. Like you think of the Bay as, like, new and modern, tech, Silicon Valley, all of these things. Like, the upstart guys are beating the old, established, historical figures. and The West Coast over the East Coast. Oh, I just can't get over it. Like, where they won, to me, is just as important, right? We won our first championship in Cleveland. It was phenomenal, of course, right? Beating LeBron on his own home floor. And pretty much all, well, every championship we won was against Cleveland. And this one felt really different because it was almost like phase two of the dynasty of that, like, yes, phase one was the Warriors versus LeBron. And it was, you know, four, was it four? It was, yeah, it was four years of dueling LeBron in the finals and seeing who would come out on top. And the Warriors did every single time, uh, except for 2016, of course, with the three-one. And I'll get the 3-1 in a second, right? But this one was on a historical stage, you know, against a team that everyone thought we were going to lose to, right? This was the young upstart team. Everybody was calling them the 2015 Warriors in 2022 because they have their young core. They've stuck together. They've built the right way. They've they've done things the quote-unquote right way, and they've played it slow, and this is where they've gotten to. And so everybody expected this to be a W for the Celtics. Nobody thought the Warriors would come out on top, but they did. They did so good for the Warriors. Listen, and where they won, like I said, I I'm gonna keep emphasizing this point. Where they won is just as important of who they uh, of the fact that they won their fourth championship because winning on a historical stage was something that I think me and other Bay Area sports fans like you would fucking you wouldn't even think about this in your wildest dreams. So it's pretty freaking cool that uh, that I've gotten to see this too. But listen, and this is something I want to say to all the all the Warrior sports fans out there because there's a lot of Bay Area sports fans, Warrior fans, whatever, you know. It, all the fans, all the fans that are listening to this, listening to me ramble uh, in this random room, enjoy this fucking moment. Enjoy the fact your team won your their fourth championship. Do you understand – like And this is the thing. With Warriors fans, we're just generally really spoiled. And it's the same thing with Patriot fans in basket, or sorry, Patriot fans in football and um, Yankee fans in baseball. You all think, oh, like we're winning. Like it sucks when we don't win this game and blah, blah, blah. Like you don't know when your team's ever going to be back there. And I can say this, frankly, as a Niners fan. I'm a Niners fan and a Warriors fan. Two teams that in terms of their success have been so different, right? One has had constant success um you know in the in the 2010s with the warriors and their dynasty the other has been super up and down throughout my life right the Niners uh the Niners obviously had their dynasty in the 80s and the 90s and much older people kind of reminisce on those times and they savor it and I look at them and they loved the fact that their team was a dynasty back in the 80s and the 90s and now they're just bitter because the team is you know they don't win and they lose in the big game and all of these things and I'm like we have that right in front of us. We bitch about the Niners, but look at the Warriors. Four championships in 8 years. Like that doesn't happen to every city in America. There are look at New York. New York is the example of a of of a big sports market just pathetically clinging on to one playoff win in like the last 15 years. They suck. New York sports for the most part, right? The Knicks are ass. Okay, the Nets got swept out of the playoffs this year. The Nets aren't really even a New York team. They're a New Jersey team, right? The Rangers lost in the, uh, what was it, the Eastern Conference Finals of the Stanley Cup. Um, the Islanders are terrible, at least I think. Um, the Jets suck. The Giants suck. New York is pathetic. They have to deal with all of these terrible teams, right? They if Imagine if the Warriors were in New York. You, all you hear from fucking, and this is, I, this is going to turn it like I'm trying to structure this podcast. Like it has topics, but rea- in reality, it's just going to be me talking like New York sports fans are like, Oh, if, if the Warriors were in New York, Oh, we have a winning team. And that's all you'd hear. Cause fucking the national media just sucks the cocks of these fucking, sorry for being graphic. They just suck off these fucking Got uh, they suck off east coast teams because that's where ESPN is. ESPN is in Bristol, Connecticut. Even though Fox is headquartered in LA, they still react like they still react to the rest of the national media that reacts to these East Coast teams. And so everybody's always focused on other teams, right? And that gives West Coast teams these like this weird bias/slash chip on their shoulder. And oftentimes West Coast teams get undercovered, they get Unders- they get overshadowed by these bigger markets. And the Warriors have kind of forced the national media to be like, hey, look at us. We're dominating you fucking East Coast people. Uh, cover us. And so four chips, eight years, like <sighs> I don't know what else to tell you, right? And, and I think to all the Warrior fans, like we get so caught up in next year. Right? We get so caught up in in the young players, in development, like what's the future going to look like? And that's every sports fan is like, that's great. We want to chip, but like what's the future going to look like? And I tell you this now, as someone who's kind of rode the ride since 2010, enjoy the highest of highs. Right? When you win a championship, there's nothing like it, particularly as a fan. Um, as an athlete, it must feel phenomenal, but I can't talk from the perspective of an athlete because I'm not one. I'm just an Indian kid that likes talking about sports. And so I can talk from the perspective of a fan. As a fan, when you see your team win a championship, the team that you've grown up rooting for, the team that you and your friends have grown up debating about at the lunch table, finally win one, it feels great, right? When they win two, wow. When they win four, this is This never happens. This never happens. You ask those kids that were wearing Bulls jerseys in Chicago in the 90s when Jordan was winning championships. Those same kids now are like adults with kids, and they're just crying because their Bulls suck, and the Bulls haven't been relevant since 2010, unfortunately, with Derrick Rose and that whole situation. So my point is you never know what's going to happen. right? You never know where this whole entire situation is going to go. You never know – if the Warriors will even be back here next year, 10 years from now or 15 years from now. I can't tell you that. I can't tell you if a single team from the Bay Area will win a championship within the next 10 years. What I can tell you is that the Warriors won a championship yesterday. So just enjoy that. Enjoy the fact that they've won a championship. Now, worry about the future later. We could have the conversation about Jordan Poole and his contract extension at some other point. I know it just went black. So... Please excuse me for one second, okay? Just one second. Disadvantages of working in uh, or podcasting in an apartment common room, right? I think motion detector lights. This is how it'd be. But like I said, just enjoy enjoy the fact that your team is having the success that they are because it's it doesn't happen often. It truly doesn't. And so I want to talk about the ride that the Warriors have been on, right, 2015 through 2022, because when they won their first championship back in 2015, I was 14 and a half years old. 14 and a half. Now I'm 21 and a half. So it's been it's been quite <laughs> it's been quite a long time. Um, and I guess like it's weird because I've been spoiled with a lot of winning throughout my life uh, in regards to the Warriors. And it's been it's been a lot of winning, but it's been a lot of struggle because in 2015 when they won their first championship, like that was amazing. It kind of came out of nowhere because they'd lost in the first round the year earlier to Mark Jackson, uh, or not to Mark Jackson, to the LA Clippers, and Mark Jackson got fired, and it was like this whole tumultuous offseason to find a head coach, and eventually, like you know, it was either Stan Van Gundy or Steve Kerr, and we ended up getting Steve Kerr, and they kind of started out on a roll early in 2015 and it was just like, all right, let's see where this goes. Like, let's see where the momentum leads us. And then all of a sudden, like, we're, we're like down to one to Memphis in the second round of, of the, uh, uh, Western conference semis. And like, I thought at that point, like Memphis was Memphis at that point. I don't know if you guys remember back in 2015, this is for my diehard warrior fans. They were going up against like, uh, T-Tayshon Prince, Mike Conley, Zach Randolph, um, tony allen like that grit and grind og memphis grizzlies team that was so like it would they, they were just tough defensively they were tough offensively they would just kind of dribble drive penetrate and they were just they were kind of the opposite team of the warriors and they were like our perfect like antithesis and and uh, they played us tough they they had us down two one at that point, you know, a lot of Warrior fans were like, okay, it was a good run. Like, we'll, we'll figure it out next year. Because it literally looked like they had all the momentum. And then Steph Curry just fucking turned it on. I remember game four of that series. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the one where Steph Curry had like that three-fourths court buzzer beater in the third at the end of the third quarter in game four uh against Memphis. That was like when he hit that, it was like series. Like it just felt like a series demoralizer for Memphis. And they just the Warriors just continued to fucking pile on. Um, and that was like the marquee series of that 2015 run. And I just thought that that 2015 run, right, you had that uh, marquee Memphis series, you kind of rolled through the rockets in the Western commerce finals. And then you have like this, tum- like you basically have this tumultuous challenge with dealing with LeBron James in the finals, right? Like everybody thought, Oh, this is big, bad LeBron, uh, you know, going back home to Cleveland to try to win a chip uh, for the team that his, for his hometown team, like he's going to, like, he's, do, he's going to stop at nothing. He assembled this core with Kyrie and Kevin Love. Obviously we know what happened with, uh, with Kevin Love getting hurt earlier on in that playoffs and Kyrie Irving twisting his ankle in game one of the NBA finals. But like no one, like no one expected us when, like, when the fact we're in the finals, like at that when I was there, when I was fourteen in two thousand fifteen, I was like, "Oh, I'm happy to be here. Like, this is this is fantastic." Like my team's in the NBA Finals. Like, let's see if they win. And I remember game one and game two were just super close, and we go down two one to LeBron and the Cavs, and Matthew Dellavedova is having like the series of a lifetime, and it's looking real bleak. <laughs> and it just it this that two thousand fifteen year was like obviously the beginning of stage one, right? Because they ended up figuring out a way to win that championship. And 2022, 2022 felt so similar in a lot of ways because the first round we played the Nuggets, you know, like (laughs) I was nervous at the beginning, but I think that was just the fact that the Warriors hadn't been in the playoffs since 2019. And so it's been a while, Um, but they pretty much got through Nikola Jokic pretty easily. Uh, and then the second series it was against Memphis, same thing, right? Like this was the – except Memphis was the fa- – actually, Memphis was the favorite in both series. Even in 2015, Memphis was the favorite. And in 2022, it was the same thing. Memphis was the favorite. But it was a very different type of Memphis team this time. It was like the young, upstart, like fast-moving, like dribble-drop, like just, you know, shooting, dunking. Like they, they were just – they're just a quick team. Like this Memphis team that we played, like Morant – Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., Xavier Tillman, all these guys, very, 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 and they're very, there's the quote unquote physical basketball team. And it was tough. You know, we went, they took us to six games. They're a good team. And we ended up pulling that one out like we did in 2015, pulled that series out in six games kind of blitz through the Texas team, the Dallas Mavericks in, in the Western Conference Finals like we did with the Houston Rockets back in 2015 and the finals. The finals were very very similar. Honestly, the finals felt pretty similar to 2015. Um I would say they felt pretty much around game 3 they felt pretty much the same for me at least emotionally as a fan. Going down 2-1 to a team that you thought like had, had your number, like everybody coming into this series in 2022 was like, Oh, Boston is the team to be defensively. They match up great with the Warriors. They're going to, you know, exploit the fact that the Warriors have zero rim protection. Robert Williams is going to eat Al Horford's going to eat. Like that was the narrative. And for the first three games of the series, that's really what it looked like. Besides the game two loss for Boston, like it really looked like they were just kind of eating this alive. And it it looked bleak a little bit um but you know as as the warriors do as the dub nation does they found a way they uh they found a way to win and i know this analysis sounds really fanny and gross but 2015 to 2022 like i drew it out memphis in both years right second round uh you know both pretty tough series we were down actually we weren't down in 2022 but in 2015 we were down in that series in 2022, it felt like we were down. I came on the internet after game five and said, like, I would be shocked if they'd won a championship. Uh, And my friends and everybody fucking clowns me for posting that on Instagram. Like, I don't think this team's going to win a championship after they lost by, like, 39 in game five. Like, just got blitzed uh, by Memphis. Like, I genuinely thought at that point, like, this was – it was really bad. Uh, And I was like, oh, like, I'm freaking out a little bit. Uh, as particularly during that playoff run, like I was, that was probably the most I've been freaked out. Was that was that game? I was like, ooh, they, if this is the way they're gonna play for the rest of these series, like, yeah, they may figure out a way to beat Memphis, but how the hell are they gonna win the championship? They're not gonna be Boston playing like that level of basketball, and obviously, you know, as we know, they upped their level, and yeah, we know the rest of the story, but. 2015 and 2022 were were eerily similar in the way that they ended up breaking out. So just wanted to point that out in a very long-winded rant because I also want to get into this. Steph Curry, Stephen motherfucking Curry, is the most slandered player in the entire league. Okay, I've for years I've had to hear people shit on this guy. Oh, Steph is so overrated. All he does is shoot. He's a one-dimensional player. He can't play defense. Oh, Stephen Curry is just a beneficiary of a system and a beneficiary of Kevin Durant carrying his ass. What you gonna say now? What they gonna say now? What they gonna say now? That's what Wardell said. Yesterday, what are they gonna say now? What are you guys gonna say now? For my Steph Curry haters out there, what is your argument in this series? The man averaged 35 and five. He shot 40% plus from field goal. He made timely shots. He carried pretty much this team. He had a legacy-defining performance in game four of this series. He played incredibly well in game six. At five out of the six games of the series, he played phenomenally well. What are you gonna say? What can you say right now? that is slander you can be like skip bayless and just be a little bitch and just be like oh steph is still so like i don't know what to say but i'm just gonna come up with random words and say steph is completely overrated and he's a front runner like where the fuck does these? where do these narratives come from dude where where like what why are people hating on steph for no reason at all people the people listen I'll say it right now Stephen Curry is better than Kevin Durant. Steph Curry, right now, just based on complete championship pedigree, based on the fact that he was able to take basically beat the Boston Celtics when Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, who were quote unquote two players that are both better than Steph Curry, couldn't even take a fucking game off this team. Really? Really? You think you can slander Steph anymore? I, I don't even think. Kendrick Perkins a day before this game. Kendrick Perkins is another story. But Kendrick Perkins a day before this, uh, before Game Six, said Steph Curry would be a non-factor. I'm I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I really like where like these guys are so. National media is just uh, so annoying, dude. They come up with these narratives that are completely fake. That Steph Curry is like somehow not clutch that Steph Curry somehow doesn't not show up in the fourth quarter like I dude man's won four championships man won with KD man won without KD he's won two unanimous MVPs he's won the finals MVP which he just won yesterday thank you very much add a little cherry on top of the cake like what more do you want Steph to do I I truly don't understand I think they like (laughs) the if Steph was if Steph looked like LeBron everyone would be like, oh, my God, like, Stephen Curry is so great. Like, oh, wow, like, we have to respect – like, Steph Curry is is phenomenal, okay? This guy has broken the game in a variety of ways, the way he shoots the ball. He's the greatest shooter ever. He's the greatest point guard ever. The way he's able to facilitate on a basketball court. His defense has consistently gotten better year by year. There is nothing to, that you can say to me that would make me believe that Stephen Curry is, is anything – less than a top five player of all time, top six player of all time. Like he is phenomenal. Um, there is there is nothing more to say about Steph uh, other than the fact that he's great and that the national media has consistently doubted him, that people I know have consistently rubbed, like rubbed his name through the mud. Like everybody just loves to pander and crap on Steph. But they just hate winners out here, bro. They hate winners. Remember the I, I, back way back when when Steph signed his contract extension. Everyone there was a question on like first take or one of those debate shows like, how many championships is Steph gonna win? Everyone was like, how's that zero looking right now? How's that zero looking right now? Bums, freaking bums. Look at that. I got one, two, three, four. Four, four rings. So I've got four rings. Four rings. Four rings is more than Kendrick Perkins's points per game average in the two thousand and ten season. I don't know what the fuck this guy is talking about. Four rings is like that's that's that should be considered goat status at this point. I mean. What, MJ had five, if I'm not mistaken, five, five, five. Like, what more do you need this guy to prove? I'm just, I don't know. I don't know what the slander is about about Steph. I think people crap on him for no reason. He is amazing. He's incredible. And not only is he a great role model on the court, he's amazing off the court. Just the stuff that he has done uh, with charity, with the community, like he has taken the Bay Area and just embraced it like his own. And everybody just, I mean, universally, he's just a well-liked human. Like everybody likes him. Um, there's nothing bad you can say about Steph off the court from what I've seen, at least publicly, uh, maybe privately there's stuff, but I, you know, I'm not one to comment and speculate on that, but from what he's presented publicly, like he's a fantastic human being uh, off the court as well, you know, does, does amazing things for the community. Seems to be a great father, a great husband, all of these things. People just like to hate on people that are good. And I think Steph is genuinely just a really good person uh, on and off the court. And it makes me very proud that he's on my team. Um, And thank you, Steph, for (laughs) giving me and everybody that I know tremendous joy uh, watching you these last few years, because it has been an honor uh, as a Warriors fan, truly, from the bottom of my heart. So thank you. But we got one more topic i want to talk about we got to talk about san francisco because san francisco is the city where the warriors play now it used to be oakland but now it is san francisco and san francisco has had a very declining uh it has had this weird narrative in the national media recently everybody loves to hate on san francisco uh and i i can tell you this because i i work for a san francisco sports team right i'm an intern for a san francisco sports team and in, in those sports teams are like looking at the Twitter mentions, looking at the uh, Instagram comments, a lot of people like to mention about how San Francisco is this declining, terrible city, crime-ridden, horribly run, you know, filled with liberal progressives that are shoving ideals down your throat. What? What? Like, hold on. What? what who who Who? who is saying that where are these this i'm so confused see the narratives about like and and charles barkley right in the western conference finals was obviously you know infamous for his whole thing of like oh i believe san francisco is a ter- dirty city and i hate san francisco and san francisco is hell why, What? what what why are you hating why are you hating on san francisco what like I'm here to say this once and for all, like for all the people that hate on San Francisco, right? Oh, it's crime. It's filled with this. It's dirty. These are the same motherfuckers that like if they were to actually visit San Francisco once in their lifetime would drop everything to come live there. Because <laughs> that's just the type of city SF is. It's, I think it's got something in there for everyone. But anyway, I'm glad that the Warriors are in the Bay uh, whether that be SF or Oakland, both cities get crapped on for no reason, uh, because whatsoever, because of the fact that maybe they have liberal politics and maybe there's, you know, crime, like dude, every major city in America has crime, wake up. Uh, it's, it's the reality of America. Uh, but (laughs) I think the hate on San Francisco is undeserved and similar to that i think the hate on the warriors is very undeserved i think people like to hate on cities that have great things going for them you know obviously san francisco's got the thriving tech sector obviously the warriors have four championships in eight years and people like to just bash them for absolutely no reason similar to the city of san francisco where people like to bash it uh for literally no reason there is absolutely like i (laughs) like you can say san francisco is just not your vibe or it's like not your type of city that's fine like but people like go to extreme lengths i don't know if other people have noticed this, but people go to like extreme lengths to crap on sf and i'm going to talk a little bit more about this i have a whole speech planned. right there's like articles written about how san francisco is like considered a declining city i'm like dude have you looked at detroit detroit filed for fucking bankruptcy that is a declining city. St. Louis has been declining since 1896 when the Gateway Arch was built, okay? Like, let's relax, okay? Obviously, I don't know when the Gateway Arch was built, okay? I think it, I think it was the 18- might have been a little earlier, but I, I'm not going to get lost in the facts. Anyway, San Francisco is amazing. As someone who has lived in the Bay for 20-plus years at this point, uh, and yeah, 20-plus years, I, I can firmly say that San Francisco is one of my favorite cities in the entire world, um I would love to show you around if you ever came so do hit me up on the podcast and I'm proud that the Golden State Warriors are in San Francisco because I would not rather have them anywhere else but my city yeah undeserved hate for the San Francisco, for San Francisco and for the Warriors but anyway that's all I got that was me rambling about this championship and making very loose connections to really unparalleled things um yeah, I was just going on a rant. It was a 40 minute rant about me winning, about my team winning the championship. And I couldn't be more proud of them. I'm wearing the shirt for a reason. And Steph we trust always. Four championships in eight years. Enjoy that shit, Warriors fans. Enjoy it. Enjoy. And for the rest of the league, just respect it. Respect it. Just say, you know what? There's nothing I can do. Tip the cap. Good for you. And that's all I have to say. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I appreciate you. If you made it all the way to the end of this long winded, weird rant. I appreciate you. Uh, if you didn't, that's okay. Just feel free to hit the like button or the dislike button if you hate the Warriors. Uh, and hit the subscribe button as well. That would be much appreciated. Uh, if you're on Spotify, feel free to hit the follow button. Any other podcasting platform, also feel free to do the same. Hit the follow button. Hit the review button. Five stars. If you liked it, one star. If you didn't, give me the feedback. I would love to know how. If you guys are interested in following me on social media, the links are going to be down below for Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and TikTok. I forgot. Uh, My handle on every single one of those platforms is at the Changavi show. All you got to do, type it in, or you can follow the link. Just hit the like, follow, whatever, uh, interact with the content. There's always content up on all of those platforms, so feel free to go check that out. I'm sorry I've been really inconsistent with content recently. There's just been a lot going on in my life, so let things chill for a little bit. Uh, I will try to get as much content as I can out to you. Uh, I have a couple episodes that are really good that are planned. So I'm excited for you guys to see those. But I just wanted to come on here and rant about the Warriors for about 40 minutes. So allow me that time to do so. Anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I appreciate you. Thank you. And uh, I'll catch y'all later. All right, guys. Thank you. And peace. And look at that right on time too.